Truth Espresso, episode 185. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hello there and welcome to this episode of Truth Espresso. I am your host, Daniel Minnick, along with my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host, Chelsea. We are going to continue and conclude our series of episodes talking about Pride Month. And I know as you're listening to this, at least this year, unless you're listening to it um, archived, you know, a year from when this was recorded and released, this is after Pride Month. Pride Month was several days ago as when this episode first came out, as of Monday, actually July 4th. (laughs) But Pride Month ended just a little bit ago, so we are going to kind of cover what happened um, a little bit ago toward the end of Pride Month and make some applications because we're going to talk about just what is a woman in light of all the confusion about uh, transgenderism and stuff, so-called transgender women um, or just transgenders that confuse what a woman is. And so, ready to tackle this uh, interesting topic with me, sweetheart? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we'll try, give it a try. <laughs> okay. So, I just want to make a note that it's kind of on the plus side of this Pride Month. During this Pride Month, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, affirmed a constitutional right to bear arms outside of one's house in New York, upheld the First Amendment right to free speech and free exercise of religion in schools, and restricted the Environmental Protection Agency from unilaterally forcing the whole nation to transition to renewables and make fossil fuels prohibitively expensive with cap and trade limits. So, yeah, those, uh, you know, despite all the confusion of Pride Month, at least we can celebrate some good things happening in that month of June. (laughs) So one negative thing that I know we were just talking about recently is that Biden signed a bill stating that in order for schools to receive any federal funding, they have to allow boys into the girls' bathrooms and dressing rooms and vice versa. And so that's kind of the newest outrage with that part of it, that he's saying, okay, it's okay for the opposite gender to go into these places and schools. Little kids, Mm. the number one targeted (laughs) for predators in schools have to agree to that to receive any funding. So, yeah, that was one negative thing I was recalling recently. (laughs) Which kind of, once again, makes the case for you don't want something poisoned, you know. Stop making a federal case of it, as in (laughs) stop, (laughs) I mean, stop making it something that's federally controlled, you know. We want to reclaim education, we need to get, you know, once it's in Caesar's grip, once it's, uh, you know, public education, then you have these radicals like this trying to enforce their agenda and hold the gravy train dangling by a carrot. <laughs> I don't know what kind of metaphor that is, but, you that know. That was quite the string of metaphors <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. I'm like, huh, uh, I think uh, I'm following. <laughs> oh, you get the point there. It's like, okay, it's it's funded by money from Congress, and so then once a school that you know, a public school like that depends on money like that, then it comes with strings attached. It comes with rules attached by activists in government. So, yeah, 
I think that's another topic for other episodes about why education should not be a public thing. <laughs> So-called public, I mean, by public, I mean statist thing. And <laughs> and I would argue nothing should be <laughs> um, controlled by the state, but, you know. <laughs> we go down a yes, rabbit trail. <laughs> episodes for, for another time. But <laughs> here we're going to tackle gender ideology, gender confusion fusion, transgenderism, and what really is a woman? (laughs) So let me ask this question. Is someone a woman merely because he or she says so? Because we're going to have some kind of interesting and even conflicting information and comparing it with what we've talked about in previous episodes about drag queens and stuff like that. Yeah, it just makes the question even more confusing. It muddies the waters even more. Just what is a woman? (laughs) So what if someone is considered by society to be a woman, but he himself admits he isn't? You know, so what defines a woman then? (laughs) So first case in point, as we look back at Pride Month, we see a transgender woman or, you know, a biological male, to use the terms there, by the name of Ricky Trace. So Ricky Trace is a 29-year-old biological male who was married to a woman. He's now divorced. He is the father of three children with his ex-wife. He is also a Navy combat veteran. Now, Trace tried to compete in the Women's Street USA Skateboarding National Championships to qualify for the Olympics, the women's division in the Olympics, but he was rejected because he had too much testosterone. You might know that there was international rules set that kind of limit transgender women from competing in women's sports, which um, disqualified Leah Thomas from further swimming in women's championships based on not biblical rules, but the idea of if you have too much testosterone or if you don't transition early enough and so on like that. Uh, So it's trying to make it fair based on physical characteristics while still not upholding a distinction between male and female as God has defined it. But nevertheless, uh, Ricky Trace tried to qualify for women's Olympic skateboarding and was rejected because he had too much testosterone. But not to be undone by that, he then went ahead and recently won first place in the women's division of the New York City's skateboarding competition called The Border. He put 13-year-old Shiloh Katori in second place. (laughs) Note, Shiloh came in first place last year. She would have been in first place this year if not for Ricky Trace. Now, we have here a 29-year-old biological male with too much testosterone for the Women's Olympics, forcing a 13-year-old girl into second place when she would have gotten first place again. She obviously worked very hard and rightfully earned it because she has bested older (laughs) females. But in this particular skateboarding competition, females ages 10 through 29 could compete in it. Trace, at 29 years old, came in first, and a 10-year-old girl came in fifth place. So I have a question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How did they determine that he had too much testosterone? Did they do a blood test or something? Yeah, I'm not quite sure about that. Maybe they just had to look at him and see that he didn't look female enough. I don't know. I I should have researched that a little more. I tried to read a bunch of articles about Trace here, but nothing detailed exactly how they determined that, but... They could have taken, yeah, some kind of test there, but... So then, is femaleness or manliness Mm. based on how much hormone you have in your Mm. system? Because there are some women Mm -hmm. that do have a lot of testosterone, and that causes health problems for them. So, part of our clinic is to help balance hormones Mm. out that are 
<laughs> not in proper <laughs> levels and helping them feel better and stuff. I mean, both males and females have a little bit of mm, estrogen, yeah. testosterone, and progesterone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how God made us. And, of course, they're at different concentrations. Mm-hmm. And they are produced from different organs that males or females have. So, I don't know. I was just <laughs> yeah. kind of an interesting part it's, of that story. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, so to qualify for the women's category here, you have to be within a certain threshold of testosterone. But, you know, obviously, if it weren't for the testosterone, they're not, you know, they're not going to say, oh, you're not a woman because you have too much testosterone. You know, they're going to be woke enough to say, yeah, we just want to make sure it's fair. Kind of like some athletes try to compete in sports and, you know, with like steroids and stuff. And say you're not allowed to take these, um, you know, enhancements because it's not fair. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, you have too much testosterone to compete in the women's sports here. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it seems it's more confusion when you can't just use the simple physical qualifier. But, <laughs> Yeah, and so as Trace came in first place in this New York City skateboarding competition at 29, and he came in first place and beat the 13-year-old girl, but he himself did say that he wasn't going to be easy on these kids, you know. And why should he, since 29-year-olds were allowed and he was 29, but, you know. (laughs) So a female biologically female skateboarder by the name of Taylor Silverman wasn't too happy about this and other transgenders in women's sports here and she sees a problem with Trace and others like him competing in women's sports so she's been in the news complaining about this she said that it's common for these skateboarding competitions to have these kind of age ranges like the 10 to 29 But she pointed out age is not the issue under consideration here. Biology is. So, you know, it wasn't unfair because he was 29 competing against a 10-year-old. The problem was he's a 29-year-old male competing against young female children here. Now, when Ricky Trace was interviewed after the skateboarding event, this is what he said, quote, I know I'll never be a woman because women are miraculous. They have babies and create life and do all that awesome stuff. I'll never have that ability, but I feel like I'm a woman. I would have wished to be born one, so I'll try to fill that image as much as I can for myself. (laughs) (laughs) He also continued, he said, I have three kids. I'm married. I did my time in the military. I own a company. I've decided that I like being pretty and cute. So everything that goes with that is female. I love female bodies. I think it's a work of art, unquote. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like he understands that he says he's not a woman. He could never be one, unlike other transgender women who ardently claim, you know, if you deny I'm a woman and for you to say that I'm not is being bigoted. So it's interesting that the media refers to Trace as a transgender woman, giving him female pronouns, but he himself says that he's not a woman. So what's interesting about Trace, he's also taken some hormone therapy, as most transgender women do, (laughs) but he also said that he has no intention of doing any kind of surgical transition or medical transitioning. So he's not trying to shape, you know, his body completely and look entirely like a woman. I saw a video of the interview he did, and he he looks like a kind of a man with his hair grown out into an afro-like structure and stuff, you know. He doesn't look like a woman. So, yeah, but is he a woman? He says he isn't, but everyone else says he is. (laughs) Um And they use female pronouns of him. (laughs) I want to focus on some of the things that he said, and that brings up, you know, the whole question of what is a woman here. 
the media considers Trace a transgender woman and refers to him with female pronouns, but he himself said, I'll never be a woman, quote unquote. He also said that women, quote, have babies and create life, unquote. (laughs) And so he's denying that he's a woman because women have babies. (laughs) He merely said that he feels like a woman and he wished to be born one. And a primary reason that he likes to identify, you know, in a woman is that he likes being pretty and cute. (laughs) So that's his idea of feeling like a woman, that there's a difference between men and women, and that women have babies and so on. So is Trace this skateboarder, 29-year-old who bested a 13-year-old girl in skateboarding? Is he a woman? (laughs) That's one of those questions for answering this question of what is a woman. (laughs) Can I answer that? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, (laughs) sweetheart. Let's answer that question. Is Ricky Trace a woman and why or why not? No, he is not a woman because every single cell in his body has the XY chromosome, (laughs) which means he is male and not female. (laughs) And I mean, there are so many different physical aspects that God made men and women different. And it's, I mean, amazing to research out just how detailed Mm -hmm. that gets. And God did it specifically. He did it for purpose. He Mm -hmm. has men created to be different than women because even when you look in the account of Genesis and God created man, Mm -hmm. it wasn't good yet. He had to create woman, and then he finally said, this is very good. It was complete at that point. (laughs) So if we only needed men or we only needed women, then God would have stopped through creation with just one gender. (laughs) And if we needed to have over 20 different types of genders. (laughs) Only 20? (laughs) (laughs) I've heard there's like 157 or something like that. Give or take 100, you know. (laughs) Yikes. But that's just the world's confusion and not the biblical truth that God shows us. But a couple of cool physical attributes I think that are neat to show the difference between male and female. That women, their bones are actually less dense than men's bones. Mm, And so with the sports, it makes sense that men are going to come out with higher scores or rankings in some of these sports because they have more dense bones. That gives your bone more strength when it's more dense. (laughs) Mm, And then women have less muscle and more fat. Mm. And God made women that way. Like even how women's fat and muscle, Mm. it's different how our fat and muscle is compared to men. So men, they have a layer of muscle and they have fat on top of it. Mm. They're actually separate layers. And in women, the fat and muscle interlace. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is how God made it for when we bear children, mm-hmm. we need to have the right environment for carrying children. So like offers protection and that our muscle is able to on our abdomen stretch and actually pull apart so the growing uterus can expand with the baby inside. And I mean, there's so much that goes into the very fibers of muscle and fat. (laughs) There's a difference between male and female with that part of it. And so these men that want to be women, then they actually need to do some sort of procedure to mush the fat and muscle together. So that way they can... Be more womanly, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that still wouldn't make them women. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> get the point. Yeah, because there's so many differences, even like from the proportion of how broad their shoulders are, you know, the shape mm-hmm. of their hips, you know, women's hips are wider, you know, by design as God designed it for having the space for bearing children. So do you want to point out something right quick, just in case we have women who are listening that are single or are not able to bear children, that Mm -hmm. the ability to bear children does not define you as a woman. Yes. (laughs) That's, I mean, God made women as his image bearer, and that makes you complete as a woman. Yeah. Now, God does make it to where women can Mm -hmm. carry children, 
But because of sin and just our fallen nature and disease and sickness, then we see the results of infertility and that side of it. And then also some women, God calls them to use their gifts in other ways and they're single and they don't get married, but you're still fully woman in both of them. I've heard, you know, debates and stuff about these issues like transgenderism and stuff like that, or what defines a woman, where the accusation is like, so if someone says, you know, a female with, you know, reproductive organs and stuff like that to bear or someone who bears children, then to say, okay, well, if I never bear children, does that mean I'm not a woman? Like, no, we're talking about mechanisms, you know, not the use of them, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And as you mentioned, some women, you know, have the inability to bear children. They have the equipment, whether the equipment functions or not, doesn't define, you know, they're still defined as a woman. An illustration, you know, if I have a computer, a desktop system with a motherboard, and if there's, you know, something on the motherboard that can't read a hard drive connected to it. The equipment is still there, whether it's functioning or not. That doesn't make the whole thing a dog. It's still a computer, you know. And some women are born without. Mm. Some, yeah. like a lot of women with Turner syndrome, yeah. it's the chromosome abnormality. Mm. A lot of them are born without a uterus, mm. so yeah. they wouldn't be able to bear children. And some Mm -hmm. are born with one or maybe no ovaries. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's definitely different conditions that we see. And that, again, like you're saying, we're saying that those are not what define who a woman is. (laughs) And unfortunately, that's some of what society Mm -hmm. and culture looks at. (laughs) And we're saying, but that's not what the Bible says. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. I just had a couple more to point out real quick about some of the physical differences that actually the symptoms of a heart attack Mm. are different between men and women. Mm. And they're discovering this and trying to promote it more because unfortunately a lot of women were having heart attacks and they were trying to recognize signs that men portray when they have a heart attack. So they were missing some of those early signs that could prevent (laughs) or help them get treatment sooner. So it's just interesting, like, okay, even the response to a heart attack can be different. Our responses to medications are different. How we absorb them, how we process them are different between males and females. And then our reaction to stress, which I think is kind of cool because (laughs) this shows just even more of how God designed us, I think is so awesome. So men, when they're under stress, they tend to go to the fight or flight mode where they're going to, you know, stand up, fight, um, protect, or if they're going to flight, then they're going to herd their family away or provide that protection for them. Mm. Whereas women, when they react to stress, they tend to go more towards treating and nurturing. Mm. And it's so funny because I see that often in different stressful circumstances where it's like all the women are coming around like, okay, what can we do? What do you need? Mm. And then all the guys are like, okay, how do we make sure it's safe? And looking at more at the process of it. And it's great because we need both of those. And so it's cool that God made even our responses like that to be unique and also complementary. Good points there, so you are. And I know on a previous episode, we talked about the differences between men's brains and women's brains and their physical composition and stuff like that. You know, differences in nerve communication gray matter, uh, stuff like that. And as we say all this, you know, we make the point that there's no cookie cutter man and cookie cutter woman. There's ranges of personalities. There's ranges of physical characteristics. Obviously, there's ranges of height and size and stuff like that. There are princesses and tomboys there you know so you could use the word spectrum if we're referring to there's a spectrum of femininity there's a spectrum of masculinity but 
there's the underlying binary there too. So, you know, there's male and female. God created them male and female. And within male and female, there's ranges of personalities and physical features of limitations and, you know, errors since the fall and stuff like that. But you can determine that one is either male or female (laughs) biologically. Hi, I'm Sharon Wilharm, host of All God's Women podcast and internationally syndicated radio show. I'd love to invite you to join me as we bring to life the stories of women in the Bible and discover their relevance for our lives today. Listen at allgodswomen.com, your favorite podcast platform, or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. So I think you had it. Another news story to talk about and help discuss more of the transgender confusion. Oh, yes. And this is kind of like to shame on Fox News a little bit because, you know, Fox News is often criticized for being a conservative news network. But I'd say their conservative credentials recently have shown to be pretty lacking, you know, as they've hired on Bruce Jenner. Oh, I'm sorry, Caitlyn Jenner, you know, as a commentator. <laughs> and consider him conservative enough because he doesn't agree with um, transgender women competing in women's sports. You know, that makes him conservative enough for Fox News. And then during Pride Month, Fox News decided to air their own propaganda-laced news segment entitled California Transgender Teen Family Hope to Be an Inspiration to Others. So this news segment original to Fox News was about the Whittington family. And um, I'll read a few quotes from this segment. So this is about uh, um, a family. They're billed to be conservative. They dress and look conservative. They talk about their kind of Christian faith, basically. But the mother said, quote, It was truly painful for him to have to wear feminine clothing and for us constantly telling him that you're a girl, unquote. So they're referring to their daughter that when she was a toddler that she refused to wear, she did not like to wear dresses or girls' clothing. And so... so let me just clarify. You said <laughs> toddler. Yes, toddler. Wow. Like two-year-old. Yeah. Talking about a two-year-old girl who didn't seem to like dresses, and this was kind of the start of the clues for who their daughter really was. And so, the narrator, when Ryland came out at age five, he had the full support of his parents. The mother says, quote, we were confused like most people. We thought that gender and sexuality were the same thing, unquote. So the narrator also said, but they listened to Ryland and to Hillary's conservative faith. So the mother's name is Hillary there. And Ryland is the new name of their daughter who allegedly transitioned into a son. And the narrator said, Ryland came out at age five with the full support of his parents. So Somehow, a five-year-old communicated, and they made the point in the segment that basically before he, you know, she, he, could even speak, he was trying to tell us that he's really a boy. And then toward the end of the segment, the mother says, you know, and this is typical, quote, I'd rather have a living son than a dead daughter, unquote. So this is the concern, this is the cliche that you have to recognize that your transgender child, you know, you have to recognize it soon enough because, you know, if if the child is forced to live according to their biology when they're really internally the opposite of their biology, eventually, you know, they're going to commit suicide. And so you'd rather have a living transitioned son than a dead daughter if we force forced her to stay a female and so on so yeah this was fox news folks that is so sad because if you look at the numbers and stuff and just even people that are in any therapy or healthcare, it's always the people that are transgender or very confused about their actual gender 
they're the ones that struggle with depression and suicide. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, I mean, these parents are the ones that are unfortunately very confused and most likely causing more harm to their child. Yeah. Like, can they be absolutely certain that a toddler or pre-toddler who couldn't even speak was telling them, I'm a boy, you need to make sure I'm a boy, you know, like... That seems kind of dangerous to me that, you know, parents would be eventually quick to figure out something about their child that's not really true. And then what if they're indoctrinating their child to make their child think this? What happens if the child eventually starts to come to grips with the way God created them and then you've given them surgeries, you know, and stuff like that and made their body not function properly? There's complications there. There's emotional distress. This really should be considered child abuse. Child abuse is when you take advantage of a child's lack of understanding and do something to a child when the child wouldn't know better. Well, how do we differentiate child abuse from this? So, this also brings up the question once again, what is a woman? Now, the Whittington family seemed to have an idea here because they thought it was a clue that Ryland, as they've renamed her, as a toddler, didn't want to wear a dress or feminine clothes. So, you know, that's perfectly common for more tomboy types of girls don't you think you know not all girls like to wear dresses and i mean our girls do but there are some that don't you know (laughs) i know plenty of tomboy types that if they could go through life never wearing a dress they would (laughs) that doesn't communicate to anyone that they need to somehow intervene in their biological makeup and transition into a boy So how would we distinguish from a tomboy girl and a boy? (laughs) That's what I'd like to know. And then another question then is, so what you're saying is that a woman, by definition, likes dresses. (laughs) So, So we are, as a woman, would you say that to be a woman means that you must like to wear dresses? (laughs) No. (laughs) Cause, and especially because I think you look at the Bible and it does not say a woman is clothed in dresses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and clothing today is different from clothing at Bible times. You know, you have robes and stuff like that. And I mean, men had would wear something that looked kind of like, you know, a robe dress, but they had kind of pants underneath in you know to some extent sometimes but (laughs) but okay so at the creation Mm -hmm. god made adam and eve and he said that it was very good (laughs) yeah they were both naked (laughs) yeah and they weren't ashamed but there was no dress to (laughs) differ between a male and a female (laughs) <laughs> and God when, just said, here's a male and here's a female. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we do not need dresses at that point for God to say what gender they are. <laughs> yeah. And once they ate the fruit and they saw that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together to make clothes. And I don't think they pulled up a catalog and tried to figure out, okay, uh, I need to make this wardrobe for me that looks, you know, like a shirt and slacks and you need to make a, a gown and stuff like that, you know, that also didn't, if they're <laughs> makeshift clothes there out of leaves looked somewhat similar at the time that didn't mean that Eve was really a man or stuff like that or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So not liking to wear dresses as a two-year-old doesn't say that you're (laughs) really a boy and it's a dangerous thing for parents to think in this culture that somehow you're saying that I, as a toddler, okay, you have to do stuff. You have to put stuff in my body. You have to give me a surgery or give me these hormones or puberty blockers or whatever and make sure that I change into a boy, you know. 
not all girls like dresses. And to say that the definition of a woman, a female, is to like dresses is to impose some kind of stereotype. (laughs) And defining woman by some kind of cultural stereotype rather than by biology. (laughs) And I think that's where so much confusion comes into play with this that we are only looking at the societal definition or our cultural stereotypes, like you mentioned, instead of looking at truth in God's word. And I think that as parents, we are held responsible for what we are teaching our children and how we're guiding them. So for parents to cause even more confusion or not be telling truth to our children, that's going to be on our mm. plate, I guess. I <laughs> but I just think it's so important that, yeah, God commands us to teach our children truth and the law. And when we're not doing that, then that just makes it even worse, I think. And one other thing I was thinking of, too, with the two-year-old. I'm just wondering, do these parents understand child development? Mm. Because a lot of two-year-olds go through that stage of they don't want to do anything that they're told to do. (laughs) You know, like the terrible twos. And I mean, that's just something that sometimes they go through. So maybe even if they were putting pants on their kid (laughs) and shirts, that that kid wouldn't want to wear those either. (laughs) I mean, it's just... It is like, okay, how do you help your child develop and learn right and wrong and basic truth when you're not even willing to recognize a two-year-old's natural development? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. So you are. That's why, yeah, it's sad, scary, dangerous. Because let's say this were 10 or, I mean, 20 years ago. Would the first inclination of parents in that situation take the same family and move them back 20 years? Would they take those clues to mean that they have to engage in some kind of gender transition? Or would they just say, hey, you know, we got a tomboy here. Or just, hey, you know, maybe she doesn't like to wear dresses now. Let's not push that. But not think that, well, maybe this is a boy. But it's because we have this elitist ideology imposed on culture that now people think that somehow they've got to join in it. You know, they've got to be virtuous members of, you know, I support the current thing to join in on this and think the doctors know best the politicians know best you know who am i to challenge this and that's what makes this anti-biblical concept of gender identity so dangerous so is a woman merely someone who has socially or traditionally understood feminine sentiments? Because <laughs> that's what this seems to be saying, you know. So it brings some of these questions like, as we've looked at these uh, Pride Month, in these Pride Month episodes, are drag queens women? Well, the media gives them female pronouns, yet the very definition of drag queens as distinguished from these transgender people are that they identify as men, but they dress in women's clothes, or rather provocative women's clothes for doing certain activities, and yet the media recently is giving them female pronouns. Is someone like Ricky Trace a woman? I mean, he himself claims he will never be a woman. He said that he has no intention of medically transitioning. He just seems to want to join the pretty and cute crowd. He was allowed to compete in a female skateboarding competition, yet he was disqualified from the Olympics for having too much testosterone. Does that mean anyone who's pretty and cute is a woman? Well, that would qualify, you know, the teenage Justin Bieber, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, that would make him a woman, right? (laughs) Oh, oh, man. But, you know. I think there's a good Bible verse for that. Yeah. 1 Peter 3, 3 through 4. And it's talking about. I mean, it doesn't matter like what you wear, like Mm. that's not what defines you and that it has to be the inner beauty Mm. 
And so it says, who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So I think (laughs) that is more of what defines a woman, according Mm. to God's word, is that there's an inward beauty. Mm, And even with our young girls, we should be teaching them and encouraging them that true beauty is from the heart and (laughs) showing kindness, showing patience, showing self-control. I mean, all the characteristics that God talks about in Galatians about the fruit and Mm. that is what true beauty is. That's what comes from the inside. Mm. And like you're saying, like, all these cases here, everyone's looking at the outside and that outside appearance does not define you as a woman. Yes, definitely. And I think that the real women in the room, well, I mean, <laughs> it literally in our room, that would be you, sweetheart. But I know as a man, it's hard for me to speak authoritatively on it, but I just have to guess. And I probably want to ask you, sweetheart, when you see these men trying to identify as a woman and trying to look like a woman in cheap ways, doesn't that like just insult you? I mean, like feel insulting to you. Like you look at that. It's almost like putting on a mask and saying, this makes me like you, you know, putting on a cheap apparel, putting on some outward appearance. And it's like, first you'd have to say, that's not good enough. You know, (laughs) I could see through that. You do not look like a woman. And, uh, And further from that, it's just like, you're making womanhood a costume. You're making it just an outward appearance. You're just making it like certain activities or the way you, you know, walk or prance or dance or whatever. You know, that is not a woman. You know, I would just think that would have to just feel insulting to your core. You really want to know how I feel? Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, people like Ricky Trace there who talks about wanting to feel cute and pretty, you know, and it's just like, I feel like you want to say like, you want to be a woman? Get pregnant and bear children, you know, and I, we, I know that we said that that doesn't define a woman doing that, but still, it's like just cheap outward appearances, cheap imitations, never duplicated. And it's almost like they want to taste, you know, some aspects of womanhood without actually having to take on the real core of what it means to be a woman as God has designed it, the challenges, the, you know, everything like that. (laughs) And that has to be like, you know, the greatest insult, you know, (laughs) that's what I think. Well, my first response to that (laughs) is puke. Yeah. (laughs) That's just gross. Mm -hmm. Like men are men because they're like manly and muscular and Mm. broadly built and they represent protection and strength. And to me, it's like men represent the side of God where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, he provides, he's your strong tower. Mm -hmm. He's the fortress. And that's your rock. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you see men like that. And then women represent God's beauty Mm -hmm. and just his gentleness. And Mm -hmm. I think that men and women, that's how it kind of completes (laughs) the picture of God because we are so different. And so after I get over the gross puke feeling, then I feel sorry for those people because they must be in a lot of pain and a lot of confusion and just thinking, okay, how can we help them understand who God made them to be and that they are valued how God made them? There shouldn't be any confusion. And I know I mentioned this verse earlier with you too, babe, you came across this one. In 1 Corinthians 14.33, it says that God is not Mm. the author of confusion, but of peace. And these people are so confused. You know that that is not what God wants for them. 
And so that's where my heart goes out for them after yeah. the initial <laughs> blood. It's just, okay, they're so confused and they need to know God's love and his truth and his forgiveness and his purpose for them. His purpose is not for them to live in this state of mm. trying to always stand up for their rights as their confused state. And like he gave them special gifts and talents and he wants to use them for his glory and yet they're denying that and i don't know to me it just makes me sad for them that that's how they're living their life yeah definitely so we are and it's like in this case of trace there it's like to me it seems like he's kind of like wants to neglect his duties as a father because he okay he served in the military yes thank you for your service there Uh, but then he was a father of three children but then he you know he divorced his wife and then basically he's just kind of moved on doesn't have contact with them anymore you know he's not being a father to his children he just basically wants to live as kind of like a irresponsible teenage girl type of thing you know like just he wants to get the attention and the gentle treatment of being like a teenage girl and forfeit all of the duties that he has as you know being a biological man a father it's like okay i don't i just don't want to have to put in the effort and work for that i just want to be a teenage girl carefree with no responsibility and get attention and feel good being so-called cute and pretty and not really take on you know the role and responsibilities of what a true woman would be either you know he needs to look up the definition of cute (laughs) oh yeah because yeah uh, he doesn't look cute. <laughs> <laughs> but cute means yeah. precious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like both men and women are cute. I mean, they're both precious. Yeah, that's, different ways. But yeah. That's how God made them. God made them both men and women as image bearers. Yes. So they're both precious in his sight. So they could both be cute. <laughs> yeah, so you are. You mentioned <laughs> the verse, God's not the author of confusion. So here's a question that would bring up confusion. Can I become a woman simply by uttering the words, I am a woman? Does that make me a woman? Or, you know, do I have to claim beyond my uttering those words? And how do you verify that claim? If that claim is true, you know, can someone go into my heart and figure out if my claim is true? And then also, here's the question. Could I be a woman one minute and change back to a man at will? So, you know, okay, let me walk into, you know, Bass Pro Shop. I'm a man now. And then walk into, I don't know pick a woman's store, hair salon, or something like that, and now I'm a woman, and I could just change at will. Well, if that's the case, then there really are no true (laughs) genders. We should just get rid of the words man and woman, male and female, if that's the case. But who could say that I'm wrong in this ideological, political environment? So I want to bring up a few Bible verses that I have about this issue because the Bible knows nothing of transgenderism. It only knows two genders, male and female, and it knows nothing of a biology not matching one's actual gender. And the the Bible raises this question in Jeremiah 30, verse 6. It says, Ask you now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? So they have this imagery, this rhetoric, you know, asking the question, have you ever seen a man in labor, in birth pains? You know, so why do I see a bunch of men acting like they are? Now, it's it's a metaphor for the coming judgment, but the rhetoric here being asked is, you know, it's ridiculous to even propose the idea of a man giving birth. But we're told that today that men can give birth because it's a biological female identifying as a male while still retaining the biology. But the Bible knows nothing of that with that kind of rhetorical question. We have biblical characteristics of what a woman is and what a woman could do. So, 
1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34 speaks of single and married women. The Apostle Paul says, There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. The Bible says a single woman should be like that, but she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So here you have single women, married women. They both act and should act womanly, you know, according to the Bible. Holy in body and spirit, caring for the things of the Lord, caring for her husband. And then finally, this transgenderism, this wisdom of the world causes a lot of confusion as we see. And although this passage is not specifically about transgenderism, I think it has a lot to offer in really framing what we see in gender ideology. So James chapter 3 verses 13 through 18 says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? The gender-affirming doctors? No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let him show out of a good conversation or conduct his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Boy, is that what this stuff does? Mm Mm-hmm. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. And yes, definitely Mm -hmm. gender ideology is all about self. Pride month, as -hmm. we're closing up pride month, it's all earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. And we see in the case of, you know, Ricky Trace, envying of womanhood, strife, confusion in every evil work as people are defining what a woman is, what a man is differently from what God is in a very selfish, sinful, confusing way. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And yet, (laughs) Pride Month is not all about peace. They might claim it, but they're all about creating strife. They're all about pitting people against each other. They're all about my rights to be narcissistic and in how dare you say anything different from what I claim, you know, you should all die, you know, that type of thing. <clears throat> the wisdom of God creates peace. The wisdom of the world creates strife and confusion. And, you know, as we close up Pride Month, this is a good passage to remind us that as we war against the principalities and powers of this world with the truth of the word of God, we are fighting against the envying and strife of the world and we should be peaceable about it we should speak the truth in love we should know that the truth that we sow is from peace and to make peace and that we should live in this world with god's wisdom pure And so, as we say goodbye to Pride Month, thank you for listening to this episode of Truth Espresso, and we encourage you to listen to uh, more episodes. Stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso, and God bless. And happy 4th of July. Oh yes, happy 4th of July, as this episode is released on the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 